1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
0: Believe. It's time to step inside the Tagon with your host, Ike Feldman.
1: What's up, party people? It's your boy, Ike Feldman, from the Tagon follow me on this platform, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, everything, Eiktagon. And if you want to go to the mother base, on this Twitter space, we are talking, obviously, the recap of the first major event. Of 2022, first major combat sports event. UFC 270, Francis Ngannou, surreal gone. I'm going to be joined by Francis Ngannou, super fan, Matt Casey from WFAN. He's a producer and a mixed martial arts contributor. He is also a... Day one fan of Francis Engano, many, many years ago. I believe Matt was on board the Le Predator train way back when he fought in Albany. I had the privilege of seeing Francis Ingano in person with Mr. Matt Casey. At UFC 220 in Boston. It did not work out for Francis that night. But like Conor McGregor. And Nate Diaz won. UFC 196. Sometimes you need to take one step back. To take a couple steps forward. Again guys. I'm your boy Ike Feldman. Outside of Matt Casey coming up in five minutes. We got. At. Bookie's basement. This man landed a $10,000 parlay for UFC 270. I don't remember his, I think it was like a five or six leg parlay. Holy moly. Pretty freaking impressive. If I get two or three things correct in a row on my NBC Sports Edge platform. I'm very happy. If I pick three out of five, like a 60% clip, I'm pretty happy. It's usually what I try to aim for. I'm not as good as Ed Coleman of WFN picking hockey, but I try my best. But this man, the bookie's basement, Harry Mack. $10,000. I would take off for a month. Go somewhere for a week. Come back for three weeks. Just chill at home. Play video games. Go to the gym. Drink, smoke, whatever you do for fun. Enjoy it. Kick back. If I won $10,000, I would just sleep. Because you realize how much time you've been wasting once you have a kid. And you're like, okay, squeezing in a nap here is vital to survival. Now, I mentioned one step back and a couple of steps forward. In the UFC Embedded series, which is an excellent series on the UFC's YouTube page, it chronicles all the the behind-the-curtain, all behind-the-scenes stuff of the, I don't know, the most... Uh, presentable fighters or well-known fighters or fan-favorite fighters, and the UFC tracks their movement for about five to seven days leading up to the big fight. Of course, the UFC was tracking devasing the God of War, Figueredo's moves in the lead-up to his trilogy fight with Brendan, Assassin Baby Moreno. And he said... He fully believes this is when he's cutting weight. Maybe he's losing a couple of brain cells. Maybe he's just hallucinating. But he said he truly believes that he was supposed to lose that last fight at UFC 263, I believe, in June because he needed to get better. And boy, did he get better. He looked phenomenal. He held back on the gas tank something that Amanda Nunes should steal from. He patiently coasted to points where he could fully unload his heaviest shot. It was beautiful. It was educated. It was improvement. And the genius of it all, working with Henry Cejudo, He never was really trying to take Brandon Moreno down. I think he was just trying to get in his head, show Henry Cejudo on the embeddeds, on the countdowns, on the camps, fake a takedown, fake a shot. He never really committed, because that would take even more energy than a straight-up kickboxing match. 25 minutes of grappling, he'd be dead. That's why all the credit in the world to Francis Ngannou, which we're about to discuss in about a minute. With day one... Francis Ngannou fan, Matt Casey. But genius game plan from Devison Figueiredo to win back the title. Now, it should have been a draw, but he did win it back. It only makes sense now to make a fourth fight. Now, guys, as I would mentioned, he's a friend. He's a producer at WFN and a combat sports contributor at WFN. My boy. Matt Casey. Matt Casey WFAN is joining us right now. Matt, can you hear me? I, I, I you you give me the response that everybody gives. This is my first space. Don't take my virginity. Like this is <laughs> every guest I reach out to. <laughs> What's yeah, up, thanks, brother?
0: Thanks for that warm intro. Like. I appreciate it, man.
1: No problem. I fully mean it, man. I couldn't think of a better person. I was like, man, who who do I recap Do I go to general MMA? Fuck no. I think that's the first time I cursed on it. F no, I'm not going to anybody outside of you, man. I've seen your emotion live for a Francis Sagano fight. I've seen your emotion in person with Francis Sagano. You are a day one person. People have doubted him after the Stipe loss. I was losing faith. I remember Fernand Lopez looked me in the eye at the presser at UFC 220. He goes, we will be back, man. Or he'll be back yep, without yep, me. <laughs> I remember. Yep. <laughs> you will be back without me. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. And then everybody fell off after the Derek Lewis. I remember you the Curtis Blade. It was November 2018. You were live watching that fight in Beijing, I believe it was, man. You, yeah. were, was- <laughs> you are day one, day 10, day 100, day 1,000, Francis Ngannou fan. What does this mean to you that... He's basically, I don't know. You you can kind of say clean out the vision, getting past gone. What What are your thoughts on everything, man?
0: Uh, really excited for him, man. That was a not the not the spectacular knockout we were expecting, but that was a hell of a fight he put up after being basically looking, you know, pretty rough for the first two rounds. I did, I had no idea he was injured going into the fight, but the the knee right. wraps kind of gave it away, I guess. But I didn't hear anything about that. But for him to do what everybody thinks he couldn't do, you know, which was wrestle and grapple and control, you know, on the ground. To beat a guy like Cyril Ghosn, man, that was, that was
1: a hell of a performance. I don't even think he landed a clean right hand. No, he didn't. That makes it all more impressive. He's doing Khabib Nurmagomedov takedowns. Like, who the, who saw that coming, man? Jiu-jitsu on the ground? Hey, he has all my respect. We're going to look back. I think it shocked everybody because we were going in like, expecting like Batman to take down the penguin. And then all of a sudden it's like the penguin <laughs> kills Batman. You're like, Oh, and it's like, you're not going to appreciate it for a couple of years. When we look back dude. the, the grappling of these guys who are 250 pound Goliaths and just the cardio, the energy, the takedown, the strategy, just genius game plan. Reminded me of Rose Namunas versus Li Zhang. The second time where she knew she takes her down, she could win the fight. Just yep. amazing fight IQ. There should be, uh no questions about Francis Ngannou's metal and his fighting ability.
0: Of course his dude that that team he's with now in Vegas at Extreme Couture, man, they've molded him into such a com- uh, such a complete mixed martial artist now, man. It's it's crazy and it's terrifying for it if I'm a heavyweight.
1: Have you uh have you followed the quotes with uh, Eric Nixick? It, it kind of got emotional, man, and I was throwing out likes and retweets and I was like, just sometimes I like to follow my heart, not to sound too sappy, but Eric Nixick said uh, after the uh, – what was the last fight? Uh, the Stipe fight. Yeah. Francis walked into his office, and he gave him a check, and he goes, Francis, mm-hmm. he goes, this is a lot of zeros. And he goes, you're going to change my life. And Francis is like, well, you changed mine. And I was like, holy yep. moly. And yeah, did that. Yeah, a yeah, little tear jerking there. <laughs> oh, man, I'm getting goosebumps. And to spin it forward, I really – you heard it from me first, unless he's got like a, a trafficking scandal in Cameroon or something comes out. I believe he can be this generation's Muhammad Ali. He's just a world-class citizen, just a yeah, stand-up guy, soft-spoken, guy, and just a murderer in the cage. But more than anything, just seems like a genuine person.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. We we got to meet him a couple times, yes, which sir? was like a dream come true for me. But yeah, he's he's just like a good a good guy, man. After all the shit he's gone through in his life to be where he is now, at the top of his game, at the top of you know the fight game. I mean, it's awesome to see, man. You know, I, I doubt he remembers meeting us, but I mean, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat every time the guy's fighting. I can't wait to see him fight all the time. I'm cheering him on like like crazy from my couch, screaming and shit. And I'm just, I'm so happy for him. I was, I was nervous for him going into this fight, man, because Gon is really good. You know, he's well rounded everywhere, and just everything that was going on with him with the contract situation and wanting to box and all this and uh, X Y Z. But for him to, you know lock in and and just for 25 minutes when he's not used to fighting nearly that long to do just to just hang in there and, and and basically take the fight back from gone
1: was, was crazy, man. It was awesome. And again, we're being joined by at Mac Casey, WFN, WFN producer and combat sports contributor. Jets and Francis Ngannou, super fan. Sorry, I got to throw in the, the Jets. But I, I did get new gear, so I'm not giving up on my team. They, they will always be gangrene for me. But you mentioned you're not sure if he's going to remember you. Folks, if you don't know, Mr. Matt Casey is a, is a tall fellow himself. He basically could be uh, a champion at the the middleweight division. He's like 6'4". It looks like Alex Pereira. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that's that's the killer coming for Izzy's tile, uh, title. Watch out. But uh, yeah, man, you, you spoke of, like, the this guy who was so well-rounded and surreal gone. I was in uh, maybe three or four Twitter spaces, uh, seeing the chat around, seeing the, the betting lines, because it's a lot more prevalent in New York, of course, and uh, covering it on my own end. But there was little faith and little belief in Francis. I go, what has he done to make you right. guys, like, lose confidence in, it? like... Uh, I hope my bosses don't get mad at this, but I I don't bet. I like to just write things without money on it. And I was like, if I'm betting, if I'm actually throwing money down, this guy's the heavyweight champion, second Uh most heavyweight knockouts of all time. We saw what he did to the greatest heavyweight of all time. Easily. Like that was a dismantling easily. And he's a plus one thirty underdog throw the house on him. Like Right. The, the, dude, the thing that was crazy to me about that was he
0: was favored in both fights against Stepe, which we were just talked about, the greatest heavyweight oh, of all he time. He was favored in the first yeah. one? Yeah. Oh he wow. was favored in a hypothetical fight against John Jones, who's considered the greatest mixed martial artist. But you're telling Cyril Gunn is, is his kryptonite here, like he's gonna he's favored to beat the champion. That was a little nuts to me too. And it, I mean, I can I, I can understand like Maybe a pickem, but or Francis being a slight favorite. But I mean that that that, that thing was a little wild to me. And his coach sick said when he noticed he started to see the line move is when he thinks the news about Francis's injury got out. Uh-uh. And people, you know, so the money started coming in on Ghan, But as it got closer to the fight, it closed a little bit closer to Ghanu's favor. But it is what it is, man. The champ reigns supreme, and he probably made a lot of people some money.
1: Now, again, I, I, I think he should be on that just upper, uh, upper echelon just for human-slash-athlete that we should kind of look up to. It's like Khabib, he's a stand-up citizen. I know people will never shake the, the jumping of the cage, especially the casual fans, but he, he's a good guy, and he's cleaned up his record. And if you see his fights outside of the McGregor one, he, he's really a stand-up guy and a good guy. And he actually is uh, he's starting his own MMA organization when starts this week uh he's an MMA lifer he spoke that he wants to get MMA in the Olympics like he's all in for his own sake con mcgregor i'm sure at some point once he sobers up 10 years down the road once the liquor <laughs> runs dry i'm sure he'll open up a uh, organization in dublin but for me francis Ngano is just like the the role model of role models man and it just it really really rubs me the wrong way that this guy's done everything they've asked He's uh, jumped through every obstacle, every hoop, uh, multiple times, whether it's uh, Stipe miochitz whether it's Curtis Blades, whether it's old ex-teammates, just the, the amount of adversity. Uh, have you heard of him on the Rogan podcast? I think I did, yeah. Dude, a, back, a 14-month right? freaking journey where he's dealing with pirates. He's dealing with, like, the National Guard of Cameroon shooting yeah. down their rafts, and he's the leader, and, uh, like, like the, the people aren't gonna believe the actual movie that's made. Like this guy is a hero among heroes. Like the triumphs that he's gotten through, and it just it just pisses me off. Matt, in your prediction, where do we go from here? Man, I hope
0: I hope to God he stays with the UFC, man. Because I have, I will never get tired of watching this dude knock people's heads off. I I totally totally get the boxing crossover thing because that's where the money is, man. Like all these, that's why all these UFC guys want to go box now because that's where. People are getting paid, man. That the UFC's gotta, they gotta come to some type of, you know, f- fixing this salary stuff. Cause, like it, like in Gan- like we were just saying, and like a movie character, man. He, like they could be profiting <laughs> so much off of him, but instead they're playing hardball all the time. And like, look at the guy, man. He's a, he's, he looks the part. He, he is the part. Like, what are we doing here, man? You know, you got the John Jones fight. If that guy ever stops tweeting and actually wants to fight somebody, <laughs> um, that's another thing. I've I've gotten so tired of him. I agree. Um, like that's that's a mega fight there. He can have another fight with Stipe you know, one more time. I, I think he would demolish Stipe again. I mean, not to sound like a fanboy, but I mean that's kind of it is what it is. There's like there's so many ways they can so many directions they can go with this dude, but instead they want to you know Dana White's got to be the tough guy out in the in the media. And, you know, oh, his ego is out of control. all this. Like, dude, the guy's your, he's a star. Man. <laughs> I
1: know. Like, they did everything for McGregor. Yeah.
0: And to, to not even put the belt on him at the fight, like, that was bullshit, man. Yeah. It was so childish. I forgot about that. Yes. Doesn't even, blows off the press conference. Like, <sighs> uh,
1: what a, What the hell, man? Like, why would you do that? This is literally, like, Dana White fighting everything martial arts about, like, the, literally the Teddy Roosevelt walk, uh walk softly, carry a big stick like Francis and <laughs> Gano's like the the quiet uh, killer who's literally just like he, he's such a nice guy. He goes, OK, you want me to do this? OK, do this. And then it's like so many times he's been pointed in a direction and he's uh, what, climbed the mountains. And then he's like, uh can uh, I get paid for this? Like <laughs> and it's like the John Jones thing. In my opinion, that would be the second biggest fight of all time, especially now fully on the ESPN hour. Khabib yeah. Connor was two point four million. I think this gets close to two million.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. It, it's 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 sitting right there for him to make, and I don't know. They're gonna have to open up their wallets a little bit for once, because uh, like some of those, the salary payout sheet that came out was insane. Reading reading some of those, that was guys, ugly. A main card fighter getting twelve thousand dollars for that, for his fight was like dude <laughs> did all he talked oh we had a great year we had a record breaking year the gate for this was 6.8 this gate for this was 10.4 like spread it out man like you got to you got to give these guys a little bit you know a lot of bit actually but it's, it it I, and I I can I respect Francis so much for for doing this like for standing up and basically saying I don't care about the money now I mean I want to be we want we want to be treated fairly you know you know we stop we don't want to be tied into you know your ridiculous contracts and we can't we can't do this to make money on our own We can't do this can't do this you know it's they have the money to give so they need to
1: start doing that Caleb Plant the man in case everybody does not know who this is the man who fought and lost to Canelo Alvarez on the same night of UFC 268 made 10 million dollars in his fight against Canelo what mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> again,
0: life, life, guys, changes life, man, with, with that payday.
1: Like what?
0: You guys making peanuts, you know, to fight on a, the main card of a UFC pay-per-view. And after taxes and having to pay their coaching staffs and tra- I don't know if they have to pay their own travel expenses, but
1: it, it's not enough, man. Now, the reason why I bring up the Muhammad Ali comparison, not only for the uh, the, the persona characteristics, He's smart, he's witty. I understand there's a language barrier, but that's even more credit to Francis Gano. I think he speaks like at least three languages. Mm-hmm. Are you prepared for a three-year hiatus? Three years, man.
0: I don't know. I don't know about that. I hope they. <laughs> I sure hope they figure something out soon. Man.
1: Can't you feel it that now Hunter Campbell, he's kind of drifted closer and closer to the light and being more of the front and center. Apparently, his, his role as Hawani laid out in Hilwani a couple of months ago when he left ESPN, he said, he like, he put Hunter Camel on blast. Like, this is who you guys should be directing your anger and uh, uh, dismay against. He's an he's a educated lawyer, he's a r- really smart guy. He handles all the fighter negotiations. Dana White's basically uh, a president. I mean, he is a president, but he's basically like a, a U.S. president. He's just the puppet head, and the whole cabinet's behind him. And uh, basically uh, Hunter, I was about to say Hunter Biden, (laughs) Hunter Campbell is the, uh, the, the mastermind of all the operations. And it's just, he's got a lawyer background. As I said, I could just see them doing Ngannou dirty. It's just Tyson Fury, quote unquote, the baddest man on the planet outside of MMA and Francis Ngannou is chasing (laughs) the fight. Meanwhile, yeah. Conor McGregor and Dana White had to chase Floyd Mayweather. Yep. Tyson Fury's asking for the fight. Like, we, uh, you're telling me we can't do a 20 million payday? Conor McGregor made 99, even if he got half of that, holy moly, that's pretty freaking good. You can't yeah. give Francis 20 million to fight uh Fury and Fury gets 40-50? Like we can't make that happen?
0: And yeah, they they have to, man. They they're, they're businessmen at the end of the day. Like it's it's great business. It's great exposure. You know, and I love Francis. I don't think he'd fare well in a boxing match with Tyson Fury, but I would watch it,
1: and I think a lot of other people would. Who could Francis beat in boxing? Andy Ruiz, Dylan White, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, Usyk, Fury? Uh,
0: maybe uh, maybe Ruiz, I think. Pick, maybe Dylan White. Now you're fat shaman. see this, man? Some things <laughs> hey, don't man. change. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Got, he's, in, he's got no boxing experience, man. He's got no professional boxing experience. I'm like, I, I couldn't put him Wilder, maybe because he's, you know, no, Ooh. no pun intended, but he, he's he's a wild puncher. Like he's not really technical. That'd
1: be fireworks. And, and I, yeah. I, I think Wilder, like it's like it's it's a back and it's a north and south type of fight. I don't see Wilder being the nifty guy, who, like does pivots like Fury and gets out of danger like that would just. That would end in the first two or three rounds. Yeah, it would definitely be a slugfest for sure. Oh my gosh! Again, we're being joined sure. by at Matt Casey and what, what were you gonna say, man? I'm
0: just saying Francis's only chance, like in a against Fury, would just be connecting on a, a punch from hell, you know, like an uppercut <laughs> from hell or something. But I mean, I would definitely watch and hope and root for him like crazy. But I just, if I had to be honest, I don't think you'd fare very well.
1: And for the UFC, it's like. Uh... If you give Francis that quote unquote give Francis that fight, he's training his ass off. You know, it's going to be the biggest stage Francis is on. He may get a slacking and a beating by Fury, and then he comes back to you. It's like, yeah. so it's not like he didn't earn that money. He's even working harder for a bigger payday. It's like for the UFC. And again, this may all be happening. Francis is going to be on vacation maybe for the next two to four weeks. And it may happen. You never know. Maybe the fall of this year, the summer of this year, it may happen. You never know. But the UFC, Dana White, like you said, that's a childish move, man. If, if they do plan, like if I'm Hunter Campbell, the mastermind, I say, no, Dana, just play it tight, play it tight. We will give him one opportunity against Fury before we try to sue the shit out of his ass. <laughs> but it's like play it as if um, status quo. And Dana White just—I don't know—bitter, childish. That—that that was bad. Look, man, not handing the belt. Like I agree, not, with not you. even there, not even
0: being there. He, he must have dipped off before after the uh, Moreno and Figueroa fight. i <sighs> know. like, he still—I don't think he still has addressed, you know, why he wasn't there. I don't know if he met, mysteriously got sick or something. Or <laughs> oh, <laughs> you
1: know, like, that was
0: just so petty, man. Like the guy is your heavyweight champion, and looks. And fights like a million bucks, man. You should be marketing the shit out of this guy instead of bickering with him through the media because, God forbid, he wants to be, you know, he wants a little
1: bit bigger piece of the pie. If you haven't checked it out, Matt, and anybody who's listening after the fact or downloading this, again, we're being joined by Matt Casey WFN. Check out uh, Francis Ngannou on the Hot Boxing Podcast with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's like, dude, you should just be paid. Like he says, it's so like casual. And Francis is like, you don't understand Mike. Like, I, I can't, yeah. I'm like, I'm trying, I can't be paid. He goes, what do you mean? You haven't made a million. And I think <laughs> Brendan jobs on that. And he goes, and like Brendan jobs also convincing Tyson Tyson's just like, give me another hit of the joint basically. <laughs> but, oh man, uh, final thoughts. Does Francis Higano fight in 2022 again?
0: Uh, I say yes. I think it's eventually they'll come to some, it might not be everything he wants, but I think he'll get, you know, they'll come to some kind of agreement. Cause like I said, they have to, man. They they have to, the guy is a star and is again, is the heavyweight champion of your organization. So you gotta, that's the, the baddest man on the planet. Like treat him as such, you know, give him, give him what he's asking. Like come to some sort of compromise at least and, and line up of these huge fights that he has waiting for him. Uh, John Jones fight, uh, Stepe Miocic, and yeah, I'm throwing this out there. I want to see him fight Derek Lewis again
1: because I, I need
0: to. I need to see that fight, you know, be made right.
1: Are you picking uh, Lewis
0: uh, in two crazy? weeks? Are you crazy? Oh, um, against Tuivasa, yeah, yeah. Which again, I don't understand Lewis taking that fight, but it is what it is. Like he called out Stepe, and then the next day it was announced that he was fighting Tuivasa. So. <laughs>
1: If Tuivasa knocks out Lewis, knocks out, not decisions him, but if he knocks out Derek Lewis and we get like the co-main event, should we, should we Vasa, dude, he's fighting uh, for a title. I- I- interim or not, he'll be fighting for a title if he wins. Yeah, he would definitely put himself in that conversation for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, Matt, I appreciate the time, brother. I, I know this was late notice, short notice, but I really do appreciate it. Couldn't think of anybody else when it comes to Francis and Ghana. You are a day one guy. hope for the best just pray for the best man. Hopefully it's, it's not a a long hiatus, but I hope you enjoy it because I think people are, we're very greedy. People aren't going to enjoy how great of a performance that was from Francis this past Saturday until years later, until he's gone. Yeah. After the fact, of course. But Matt, I appreciate the time, brother. And uh, thanks. I appreciate it, man. This was fun. We find out any news. Let's connect again, brother.
0: Yeah, definitely, man.
1: Definitely will do. Keep that jump shot going. I want to see it on Twitter. <laughs> All right, man. Y'all, I've been hitting the heavy
0: bag and the speed bag a little
1: nice. bit too Nice. I told you guys, middleweight.
0: <laughs> yeah. Light heavyweight. Light heavyweight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Boy, take it easy, bro. <laughs> yeah. All right. Like, thanks, bro. Later, brother. See you, man. Guys, that was Matt Casey, the one and only. At Matt Casey WFIN. Amazing spot. I promise you guys, he, he is literally the biggest Francis and fan I've ever come across. He's a day one guy. Matt Casey. has been cheering Ngannou for as long as I knew that Ngannou was in the UFC. And it's sad that it's come to this where Dana White, as we mentioned, did not wrap the belt around Francis Ngannou's waist. Dana White did not care to maybe cross paths with Francis Ngannou in the back of the Houston's arena press conference area. And if you guys have ever been, had the privilege of walking in the back tunnels of an arena towards a press conference, it's like an 80% chance that you're going to run into somebody that you know. Especially if they have an obligation. Like Dana White speaks first on every UFC pay-per-view event. And of course, the champs would be right there. Whether it be right after Dana White or a fighter after. There was a high chance that Dana White and Francis Ngannou would cross paths. This is a very, very small man's move on Dana White. Not to wrap the belt around your greatest champion. Not give your thoughts about the performance. Very bitter. Very bitter on Dana White's part. It's sad. And Dana White only loses in the end. Francis Ngannou, though he may battle some invisible enemies... Maybe say, okay, I'll, I'll take less to come back, and he's got to convince himself, no, I'm worth more. Basically reminding himself that he has some self-respect for his skill, his God-given ability, his work ethic, his belief, his faith. It deserves to be rewarded, and Francis and Ghana will be rewarded, not only in the court of the public, which is the media. Francis is doing a phenomenal job. Staying humble, staying smart, focused, peaceful, playing matador to the media, stonewalling the UFC, refusing to move an inch. And then going out there and putting on a performance of a lifetime, Francis and freaking out jujitsu surreal gone. Who would have ever said that in their right mind? Francis and Ganu out jujitsu surreal gone. scissor sweep them, double leg takedown. A Khabib-like takedown, the first one, when he caught Sarilgan's kick. Holy moly. The sidewalk takedown, as I saw Aljamain Sterling right on Instagram. Phenomenal. phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal performance. And I don't think people appreciate it because, one, everybody's going into that fight expecting a knockout. From Francis Or against Francis. People are expecting a knockout. What'd they get? A grappling match. Crazy, crazy stuff. Francis Ngannou was losing the first two rounds of that fight. Like Rose Namajunas versus Li Zhang, too. Rose was losing the first couple of rounds. And then Rose figured out that Li Zhang could not compete with her on the ground. Now Francis Ngannou fended off a heel hook, pushed Cyril Gan against the fence, sucked in a double leg, took Cyril Gan, da- Cyril Gan down. Beautiful execution, and it shows you the importance of a jiu-jitsu game, an always-developing jiu-jitsu game. Francis Ngannou got out-grappled UFC 220 the fight that Matt and I were out by Stipe Miocic. Once Stipe weathered all of the onslaught, the early onslaught that Francis Ngannou presented in the first round with the heavy strikes, an overconfident and undertrained Francis Ngannou, and Stipe dealt with it, It takes a man's man, a hero like figure to make the adjustments, not complain, not point the finger, get better, move on, prove to yourself that you can execute the game plan, which then proves to the world that you are good enough or as good as you think you are. Francis Ngannou pulled out grappling against Cyril Ghan, who was thought of to be a champion for the next 10 years, a generational talent, a talent we've never seen, swift on the feet, in-and-out movement like Wonderboy, oblique kicks, spinning back kicks, wheel kicks, turning side kicks, teep kicks, just an incredible arsenal on the feet. yet he didn't put in the time on the mat as much as francis did now francis had a four-year head start to learn this lesson and learn it he did great job by francis and just he could fight john jones he could fight Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, Andy Ruiz, Anthony Joshua, Alexander Usyk, Dylan White, but he has to fight with the pen now, not the sword. The sword fighting is over right now. This is where Francis Ngannou needs the elite of the elite when it comes to a lawyer, manager, a support system, love, friends, family, followers, fans. This is where Francis Ngannou needs to fall back onto his safe haven of love, comfort. Because it's going to be a rough ride coming up. Hunter, Hunter Campbell, the man with the glasses at the UFC pay-per-view weigh-ins, will not be bullied. Because Dana White will not allow it. Can there be some middle ground? The fact that Dana White was able to be a part of getting the fight with Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, and Mayweather's representative, Leonard Ellerbe, all on the same page. Especially with Showtime and Steven Espinoza, who Dana White despises publicly over and over and over. Espinoza is up there with the Oscar de la Hoya. Amount of vitriol that Dana White sends. The fact that Dana White got that fight done, the fight of all fights in the last five years. He could get a fight done with Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou. Does Dana like Conor McGregor man-to-man more than Francis Ngannou? I'd say yes. There's footage of them driving around Vegas. There's footage of them playing video games together. I don't see Francis Ngannou and Dana White meshing. Maybe there's a language barrier or style barrier. For whatever reason, Dana White does not respect the way that Francis goes about his business. And maybe behind the scenes, Conor McGregor is a lot more casual and softer around the edges. But in public, he's this verbal assassin. And it could be the opposite with Francis and Gano. In the public, he is a soft spoken giant, a gentle giant. But in private, he is a a furious negotiator and he wants what's his, which is also fair, too. And Dana White, I'm sure, made a promise a long time ago that he will not be bullied by one of his products. AK Fighters. I'm going to throw this out there. Do you think that Dana White could get a deal done with Jorge Masvidal and Jake Paul before another fight with Francis Ngannou. Right now, I'd say, yeah. Yeah. I think he would get it done after all the freaking public vitriol that has gone back and forth with Dana White and Jake Paul. I still think he could get a fight done. Let me type that. With all the public vitriol being spewed back and forth, I still believe Dana White would be willing to crack a deal with Jake Paul, B4 Francis and gone new at this point as of today right now ah <sighs> crazy 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 I hope everything gets done. Hope these guys act like decent human beings and can come to some sort of agreement. A fight that will take place before Francis Agano steps into a cage or a ring is Brandon Moreno versus Devison Figueiredo. Four. There is a UFC Brazil card in May. Why not make that fight? Why not? The first fight was the greatest flyweight fight of all time. Just a tremendous back and forth. Tremendous heart shown by Brennan Moreno to make the comeback. Poor fight IQ by Figueredo in that first fight with the penalties and the low blows. In the second fight, Moreno just dominated on the stand-up, on the floor. Just one of the most beautiful scenes you'll ever see in a cage where he's spilling his heart out to the crowd on the microphone speaking Spanish, speaking English, regardless, speaking with his heart. In the third fight this past weekend, Moreno, same static, kinetic energy. But the biggest difference was Figueroa's patience, Game plan. Sleight of hand. He showed that he's working with Henry Cejudo. He showed early signs that he was going to try to drag this fight to the ground. But what did he do? Remain patient. Pick his shots with the calf kicks. Pick his shots with the overhand rights. Just a beautiful game plan and stole a victory. I think it was a draw. But Figueiredo getting the win makes me look a lot better. So good job by the God of War. They will do a fourth fight. Because this was not a blowout, they have to do a fourth fight. Pretty amazing that the division was Up in flux a couple of years ago, about three years ago, January 2019, leading up to the T.J. Dillashaw and Henry Cejudo fight. Henry Cejudo did save the division. He's bringing Flyweight back. Yep, that's right. Henry Cejudo saved the division. Beautifully, intelligently. And of course, with his work ethic, and walk in the walk. And now the division—it's kind of like light heavyweight with Gray May- Maynard and uh, Frank Yeager at that point about a decade ago, where we're getting these same guys matching up again for three, now four fights. But look where the light heavyweight division has come we got fighters like Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, Habib Nurmagomedov wow so if we get all-time greats in another decade from flyweight which every division is gonna constantly grow Look at Usman pushing further in the division. Look at Israel Adesanya pushing further. John Jones, like him, or not pushing further than Chuck Liddell. Francis Ngannou pushing further than the most recent heavyweight goat, Stipe Miocic. It's a beautiful time. Jose Aldo at featherweight. Volkanovski. Don't forget about Max. But Volkanovski. And now the the newer divisions, 135 and 125, flyweight and bantamweight, pushing even further. The envelope is pushing. And it's beautiful. I've said it at least every other episode. This is the greatest time to be a mixed martial arts fan in terms of in-cage action. What goes on? Outside of the cage, the politics around the fights may piss you off, may make you less of a fan, but I promise you, each and every week you're going to get these fighters, men and women, pushing the envelope of what we've seen inside, what's capable of happening inside a cage, pushing it even further. Thank you, Conor McGregor for getting it to the ESPN era, the WME IMG R Emanuel era. Thank you for Titas, Dana White, for picking up the ball in the early 2000s, creating a superstar model. It was kind of an Olympic thing, backyard, no holds bar, Olympic style thing. Yeah, it was. But then they, Promoted the superstars. And then you get top five greatest combat sports superstars of all time. And Conor McGregor gets the sport to ESPN. Now all these fighters have to do is win. Focus on their training. Fighters like Vincent Luque. Robert Whitaker. Dustin Poirier. to Teixeira They get lost In the mix 10 years ago Now they're headlining Getting extra coverage with ESPN The stakes are higher Francis Ngannou My prediction is going to be part of cracking through to fully embrace the next generation, new era of the UFC. He is a quiet, humble, handle-your-business-in-public type of guy. But behind closed doors, for whatever reason, the UFC, UFC brash, UFC executives do not like how he handles his business. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. The biggest story is not the kung fu movie where the former student beats the new prodigy with the same old teacher. That is not the biggest story. The biggest story is Why wasn't Dana at the press conference? Why wasn't Dana wrapping the belt around Francis and Ngannou? Is Dana White too deep into the entertainment that he doesn't see what's going on? Is he that self-centered that he needs to... Get headlines because he's not handling it privately. He's making this negotiation a public affair. And I think he's going to miscalculate a misstep one of these days. Now that the sport is on ESPN and there's a hell of a following, hell of a following of UFC and MMA fans. Pride goeth before the fall. He needs to tread carefully. This is not the UFC circa 2012. Francis knows that. Francis did his job. Dana White is playing a very risky poker game. I love you guys. And again, thank you to at Matt Casey WFN, the number one, day one. Thought from the bottom, now he's here. At Mac Casey, WFAN. Francis Ngano's biggest advocate. Thank you for the time. I appreciate your time, brother. Especially on last minute. You sounded a little hoarse. I assume that was you screaming at the TV or the laptop. Francis, sweep the leg. Do the scissors. Sweep. Oh, my gosh. Go for the takedown. Get it? I'm sure he was. And he's allowed to do that. Francis is his boy. Matt is my boy. And I appreciate you guys for tuning in to this week's edition of the Combat Sports Spaces. I'm your boy, Ike Feldman. Follow me at Ike Feldman, or at IkeDagon on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, IkeDagon.com. Check it out. Always consistently pumping out combat sports content on NBC Sports Edge, boxing. Oh, shout-outs to Mark Magseo, a Freddie Roach, and Manny Pacquiao product who took down Gary Russell for the WBC featherweight title. Great job by him. Tough loss by Gary Russell Jr. His shoulder popped out, and he just... uh, He crawled to the finish line, and Mark Monseo ran past him. But Gary Russell will be back. He's too smart. He's worked too hard. I'm sure he will. Maybe they do a rematch. This weekend, Bellator 273. Next week in the UFC Returns, Jack Hermanson. Sean Strickland. Woo! That's going to be a fun week. Guys, take it easy. Be positive. Relax. You get one life. I love you guys. Peace.